Welcome to the Productive Ministry Podcast. This is episode number five with special guest Lucille Williams, whose book, From Me to We, comes out this April. Guys, this is going to be a great episode for anyone who is married or wants to get married. We talk about everything from why marriage gets a bad rap to the rules of engagement when you're fighting. This episode can make your marriage stronger. It's that good. I would encourage you to listen to this with your spouse or fiance, and when it's over, talk about it. Let us know what you think over at ProductiveMinistry.org and share this episode with your friends. And now, without further ado, episode number five, Marriage with Lucille Williams. Our guest today is Lucille Williams, whose book, From Me to We, comes out this April. Hi, Lucille. How are you? Hello. Why did you decide to write this book? Oh, wow. That, that, you're pulling at my heart right away here with that first question. This marriage and family is just an extreme passion of mine. I just, I just feel like the, the family is the heart of the church. And the family starts with married couples. And, you know, when, oftentimes when couples get married, well, let's back it up. When I got married... Uh, my husband okay. and I had zero tools to work with. And the only thing we knew how to do was fight. And we were mm. really, really good at it. Only I think I was better at it than he was. Of course. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it was ugly. And five years into our marriage, we both became Christians. And then God changed everything. Wow. And from that experience, that has just been where my heart has been. And then now all of my years in ministry and hearing the things, you know, people come and ask me questions and what they're struggling with. I've been able to talk to so many and give them tools to help them in their marriages. And then when this opportunity arose to write this, I was like, I was just excited to do it. That's great. And how long have you been actually working on this book since you were married? Since day one? Uh, yeah, right. Since, <laughs> since I met my husband. But the actual book, I think a couple years. I started the writing of it about two years ago. Yeah. No. Was there a, was there a moment when you were like, "This is something that I can speak into, and this is something that I should be writing about"? Well, what it yes, what had happened initially was I had written another book for women, and my literary agent was working really hard to get it published. And during mm. that process, Barbour, which is who published the book that I just finished, you know, that's coming out, contacted her and said, we are looking for a premarital book. Do you know of anyone that would be good to write this? Do you have anything? And so they reached out to me and they said, do you want to write this? And I said, absolutely. And I was so excited because if someone, if someone gave me an opportunity to write something, this would have been what I would have wanted to write. So I just couldn't believe it. And I just dove right in. It's always amazing when all of these, like God brings these opportunities to us that completely match our heart and the things that he's doing in our lives. It's just such a wonderful thing. And Rocky, that's exactly what happened with me. And I was blown away by what God did. That was exactly what happened, exactly what you just said. So I was going over some of the stuff in the book. Yes. Uh, and what I like about the book is that it's not just, here's a bunch of advice, but there are actually questions at the end of every chapter. Yes. These questions that you came up with, they're 
based on your experience, did some did you and your husband sit down and be, were like, these were the things that I wish somebody had asked us when we were first getting started? Hmm. It was more about I would write the chapter, and then I and I just came up with the questions at the end, and I and I thought to myself, these are the things that this chapter is going to bring up. And these are the things that couples need to be talking about when they're done reading this chapter. So it was just, uh, truthfully, those questions were probably the easiest part of each chapter because they just flew right from whatever was written in the chapter. Right. Now, when you say, like in, in chapter one, you talk about when people are saying marriage is hard. Yes. You know, it's funny that you should key in on that because originally I started the book by saying You'll hear marriage is hard, but it really doesn't have to be. And it depends on how you approach it, on whether or not it's going to be hard and how hard it's going to be. And after my agent read the entire chapter, she came back to me and she's like, Lucille, you can't say that it's not that it doesn't have to be hard. She goes, your whole chapter (laughs) is about how hard it is. The stories (laughs) that you tell and what, what you and your husband went through and just everything that you talk about. You have got to change that opening. And that was probably one of the most grueling things I had to change in the book right out of the gate. And I went in and I went, okay, marriage is hard, but it has, it only has to be, and yes, it is hard, but you can make it easier by doing certain things. Like that was kind of the, the way I changed it to. And, and really the reality is it really is hard. I mean, I I had to come to terms with it It is hard. I like to, I like to think it's not. But anyone who's been married for any length of time knows that it is really hard. It's hard to get up in the morning and say, okay, this is what I want to do. And then suddenly your spouse says something and they're changing what you thought you were going to do that day. And now you have to consider them and you just have to take a deep breath and go, um, what am I going to do now? Like, am I going to do what I planned? Am I going to consider what they want? And, and right away, I mean, every day we're faced with those decisions. And so it's hard. It's hard because our, our flesh says, what do I want? What do I need for me? But when you're in marriage, that that's death to a marriage to, to think like that all the time. So you've got to transfer that over to what's better for us. What's better for we, what's better for us as a couple. And that's where the title came from, from me to we, what's best for we. And, and if couples can do that on a daily basis, I feel like it doesn't have to be as hard as it otherwise would have been. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, it's like every day you wake up and you have to make the decision to say that this person is part of my life now. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I know for me, I, I try to every day just say to my husband, is there anything you need from me today? How can I help you today? And some days I forget to say that, but I say it enough that he knows that if he needs something or he asks me, you know, hey, honey, can you da 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 da? I'm saying yes before he even finishes his sentence. Because in my mind, there is nothing more important than whatever he needs from me. If he needs something, I'm going to do it because my role as a wife is my primary role. And that's right. how I view my life. Wow. I feel like marriage gets a bad rap, especially among men where it just seems so exhausting all the time, you know, and we, we talk to each other and we say uh, negative things about our spouse or just like the old adage, just say yes, dear, just say yes, dear. And when you, when you hear those things, what runs through your mind? Oh, you talk about cringing. 
Those are one of the things when people talk about, talk in that way, I am cringing because truthfully, I feel like what men need to be saying more than anything is no. And I know that sounds strange, but no, in that they speak up without fear of any kind of punishment from their wives. Can I just say thank you for saying that? <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah, I, get, I got into this discussion just the other day. I get into this discussion all the time with my married friends and they're, they're talking about, they're complaining about something going on with their wife or, and I just step back and I have to stay and I have to say, I have to remind them. I'm like, you, you're supposed to lead her. You okay. know, you, you are, she is your number one ministry and you're supposed to disciple her. And if you're scared of her, you're scared of an argument. How can you do that? How can right. you play that role in her life? Right, right. And I think that women need to take a, a good portion of responsibility for that. Because, I mean, you choose a man, you say, this is the man I want in my life. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to unite myself to this man. And then when they try to give us their input, then we go, oh, wait a minute. Like, you can't tell me what to do. But yeah. it's, not a, it's not about that. They're looking out that you need to have a perspective that he loves me and he's just looking out for me. And I need to be willing to at least hear and process what he's trying, you know, what he's trying to impart to me. And what ends up happening is women will just react and it's like, oh, you know, don't tell me what to do. Or they'll respond in a way that scares him from doing it again. Or they make him pay for it. Like they don't talk to him for the rest of the night or whatever. And then the next time the husband's like, oh, maybe I shouldn't speak into this. Because I remember last time she was pretty upset with me when I told her my opinion on this. Right. Just coming from the, the male perspective of it, it just goes back to that respecting that position in the marriage and, right. and, and, and stepping up and being bold and loving your wife, yes. uh, when, even when it costs you, even if she's not going to be happy about it, you know, just, yes. just loving her. Are there things that men do uh, that create that sort of same insecurity in their wives? Before okay. I go there, I remembered there was one major point I wanted to make about okay. um, wives not being open to a husband's guidance on things. And I think that, that men instinctively are, they want to please their wives. They want to please the women in their life. Like they're just, right. they're just made that way. That, that's just the, the makeup of a man. And so mo there's no, no husband, no true loving husband gets up and says, I'm trying to do something to cause angst with my wife. They want to please her. And I think when then we as women say, well, he's out for me, not against me, and he wants to please me, then it gives you a different perspective in terms of how to look at it. Yeah. Are there ways that we as men can encourage that in our wives? I think one of the best things men can do is talk about their feelings. Because women, we're feelings. Like you get a bunch of women together, they're going to tell each other how they feel about everything. How do you feel about my lipstick? How do you feel about my hair today? How do you feel about the person that moved next door? You know, oh, I feel sad about this today. They're, they talk about their feelings. We get it. You, you put a couple of women who are upset in a room, they're going to be sharing their feelings really quickly. Like it doesn't take much to get going. Where with guys... You know, they're like, hey, how you doing? Great. Oh, good. And they're done, yeah. you know. So when a man, exactly, right? I mean, so when a man says to his wife, 
yes, I heard what you had to say, but this is how it made, this is how I feel about it. Not made me because nobody can make you anything. I always have to, you know, it's just kind of the vernacular we use. You made me this, you made me that, but nobody makes anything, anything else. But you know, this is, this is how I felt when this happened. And when men can really get in tune to, I felt disrespected. I felt unloved. I felt tossed aside and, and I felt unheard. I felt like you didn't hear me. When you could start talking like that, their wives will go, huh? Like they're, 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 mm-hmm. they're going to listen. They're going to be right there. What do you mean you felt what? Like they're going to, they're going to want to hear more about that. Right. And a smart woman will allow him to talk at that point. That's pretty insightful. That's really good stuff there. And you're right. Like we do struggle with that as a gender. I think just the language is shocking. It's provocative in in a weird way to say, well, when you did this, it really hurt my feelings. And that's why I got so mad or that's why I shut down. And I think that that takes practice too. Right, right. Because with men, if they get angry, that's a default emotion. Nobody just gets angry. Something else happens and then you feel angry. So if, if your man or anyone's, you know, if a husband is getting angry, a wife needs to take a step back and go, ah, I heard him. I must have heard him because that's why he's angry. Like if it's towards you, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and a lot of men, like it's acceptable to be angry. I mean, a guy's, you know, it's okay for them to go, oh, I'm so mad about this and I'm angry about that. But it's not acceptable for a guy to say, oh, my feelings really got hurt yesterday. <laughs> you know, men, it's like it's just not acceptable in our society in general. Pretty much. Another thing that you really talk about is, is forgiveness in a marriage. Yes. Honestly, when I, when, I, when I think about this, I don't think that there's ever a conversation. There's never a moment where uh, one spouse comes up to the other and says, uh, will you forgive me for that? Is that the sort of stuff that needs to happen more in marriages? Absolutely. I know it happens in my marriage and it happens on my side a lot more often than I want to admit. I'm, I'm having to do that on a regular basis because I'm, I mess, I mess up a lot. You know, I, I, yeah, I do, but I am thankful that I have a husband who, when I go to him and ask for forgiveness, he's very quick to forgive me very quick. And that, that just makes it safe. What does it look like? Is it the actual just saying after you have a discussion or after you have a fight, like separating and then coming back and saying, Hey, I, this, this is the, this is the thing that I did, or I don't really understand what I did, but I'm sorry. Or. Yeah, no, I think, well, for me, I can only talk for me, but Mm -hmm. I know there's times where it's in, it's a whole myriad of different ways, but you know, one way is we may have a conflict and, and I'm really adamant about my view and I think that I'm right. And then, you know, we'll talk it through and then we just kind of take a little break and the break could be a day or two or even a week. And then sometimes I'll get alone with God or I just, all of a sudden I feel like, oh man, it's like, it's like all of a sudden the, the doors are open and I'm like, I was so wrong. Like all of a sudden I just see it differently. It just comes out of nowhere or I'm sure it's God. You know, usually it happens while I'm having my time with God 
And then I yeah. realized, wow, I was really wrong here. And then I'll go back to him and I'll apologize and ask for forgiveness. And he's quick to forgive. You know, that's one way. Or sometimes it's just in, in a way that I thought about my, like my week and I'll just kind of take inventory and, and then I'll think about some things and I'll realize, wow, I think I heard him on this or that. And I really need to clear this up and go to him and let him know that I didn't mean to do that. So there's and, like a real proactive nature to it. You're not sitting around waiting for him to confront you about a specific behavior or a specific conversation. Like you're seeking God and, and you're, you're being thoughtful about your husband and the conversations that you have. Yes. Yes. I'm reevaluating. Do I need to apologize for anything? And, and then if I do, I, I do that. And then there's times where there are times where he'll come to me and just say, I feel like you were really insensitive about this. And, you know, I want to talk about it. And then I'll listen to his perspective. And usually I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're right. Like I, I, I got, I got, I mean, you can't argue with someone when they're saying, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. You know, when someone says you're right, there's nothing to argue about anymore. Right. You know? So what happens if you don't agree? What happens if you think that the thing that your spouse is mad at is not really the issue? If they're upset about something, then I don't believe it's a matter of right and wrong. If they're upset, then that's something that needs to be addressed. And whether or not I think I'm right, that's, that doesn't matter at that point. Because if, if he's upset, then, then there's something there. And yeah. it doesn't matter where the blame is. It, it just means that that's something that we need to address. And so that means I need to stop and listen to him and figure out what's causing that in him. Like, did I do something? Did I contribute to something that was already there? Like, how do we need to unpack this together and figure out where this came from? And yeah. I, I just don't like to look at it in terms of right or wrong, or did I do something wrong? I don't think it matters. What matters is that you get to resolution and that you help each other get to a place where you both understand each other. And then like, there's times where I didn't do anything wrong. And he'll even say, you didn't do anything wrong. But there were things along the way I could have done to help him, to help him maybe get to a different place. And I chose not to. So right. then we'll have discussions about, well, what could I do to help you in these situations? I understand I didn't do anything wrong in doing this, but understanding this about you now, how can I help you in this area so that we end up at a better resolution next time? And then we'll talk through that. Because right. just because you're right doesn't mean that you can't be helpful. Or, right. you know, but again, right or wrong, I don't like to look at it in those terms. But I'm, what I mean by right, like you didn't really do anything that was bad or harmful. It just for some reason, something you did caused them, you know, some kind of emotional pain. And whether you meant it or, or you know, you really didn't do anything wrong. At the end of the day, if your spouse is hurting, you have to own it. Even if you didn't do anything wrong or insensitive or whatever, you have to listen to that and own it. Because if you right. don't then you're saying, well, whatever, your problem. It's not, it's never your problem. It's always a we problem. Yeah. If one of us hurting is hurting, we're all hurting. Exactly. Cause we're a, we, we're a unit, we're a couple, we're a, our life is together. So if you hurt, I hurt, I mean, not in a, 
in a um, codependent dysfunctional way, but like, okay, what can I do to help you with this? That's so good. I see there's this trend in our culture where marriage is becoming this really independent thing and, and it's you live your life and I'll live my life. To me, it seems like in a real way, it lacks some intimacy there. Mm, yes. Yes. Just the, the idea that I got to do what's best for me and I'll meet you at the end of the day. Right. But I don't think that that's the design that God had in mind for marriage. Is there a vocabulary for communicating or fighting fair? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We need to talk in terms of, I feel, I this, I that. When you start talking you, well, when you did this and you that and you made me this, as soon as a person hears the you word, their their defenses go right up. They go right up. You know, you did this to me and I'm so mad at you. That's not going to help anybody. And then, and then there's the old, and I, you know, I hesitate to even say this because I have done it. You're just being mean. You're so mean. Like that is one of the most unfair things we women can say to our husbands, because what are they supposed to do with that? You know, you're so mean. Like, how can they respond to that? Like you, it's like, you know, knockout, you know, conversation over. Like, what what do you, how do you respond to that? You know, really is unfair because as a man, when I think about the women in my life, the, the idea that I could be hurting them is mm-hmm. devastating to me. It devastates exactly. me. Exactly. So it's, you know, why are you being so mean? And then, of course, the tears start flowing. And like I said, I've done it. I've done it because we're, I think what happens is our feelings are just so bubbled up and we just don't know how to express them. And so it just comes out with tears and, you know, because it feels like they're being mean. So so that's what we say. And, and that's just not productive. But instead, we need to talk about, I feel, I feel discounted. I feel unloved right now. I feel like, you know, whatever it is you're feeling, and then you can make progress. But, you know, just going with the, you're so mean, that's going to put them on the, you know, defensive. Plus they don't, they don't know what to do with that. Mm. But I, I was thinking when you, when you were talking about how to have a discussion when you're communicating, uh, an incident or whatever with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And you, you you say, I feel discounted. I feel all of these things. Are you allowed to bring up the incident? Are you allowed to say, I felt discounted when you, you know, just yes. left me in the car? Okay. Yes. As long as it's not accusatory, you know, right. as long as it's in way of explanation, I think, because sometimes you need to talk through, well, this is what happened. These are the facts from the way I see it. And this is how I feel about it. This is how I felt about it. And then the next step after that is to listen because, you know, it's funny. You feel one way, you heard it one. I mean, this, I truthfully, this happens to my husband and I often I'll say something. He'll say something. We were both there, but his version and my version are like, you would think we weren't even in the same room (laughs) and he'll be like, well, when you said this and I'll be like, I didn't say that. And I'll say, but, but when you said this and he'll go, but I didn't say that. And we're like, what? So at the end of the day, it needs to go. This is what I heard. Oh, Oh, you heard that? Well, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, and then you could fix it really fast because 
you realize you you just misheard each other. And that happens because when your feelings bubble up and you feel hurt, then you're hearing things through the lens of, I feel hurt right now. Yeah, that's so good. I think that that communicating, uh, that learning to communicate properly and learning how to, to fight fair uh, and setting those boundaries up, is that an actual conversation that needs to happen in premarital counseling where you I think say- so. I think so. I think there needs to be rules of engagement. And, you know, this is how we're going to discuss this. And this is when we're going to discuss it. I think that's a biggie, too. Like my husband has a nine o'clock rule. Anything after at nine or after in the evening, we don't talk about anything serious. And I'm not allowed to ask him about anything serious. And there's times where it's a minute after one, uh, nine o'clock and I'll ask him something and he'll look at me and go, it's after nine. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. Discussion over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Done. And you're okay with that? Well, I have to be, don't I? I mean, yeah, I you know, I can talk at any time. I mean, that's just me. You know, uh, that's my personality. But for him, you know, he knows that he needs this. And, and he's right. He's right. If you're tired, and especially if he's tired, and at the end of the day, we shouldn't be discussing serious stuff after nine o'clock. We should just be all lovey dovey after nine o'clock. Right. And so, you know, we don't, you really don't need to go there. So, oftentimes, if I'm trying to have a discussion with him about something that I really think is pressing or really important, I'll ask for an appointment and I'll say, well, when can we talk about this? And then he'll say, well, I don't know yet. And then, and if, if he says that, usually he'll give me a time, but if he won't even, cause the reason I bring that up is cause a lot of women say, well, when I ask my husband, when can we talk about this? They say, I don't know. And then I, and then the next question needs to be, well, when will you know, when can I ask you again? And you just have to keep asking them, well, when can we discuss this? And then you set up a time and yeah. wait for him to give you that time. That, see, that blows me away. I could see a lot. I could see a lot of our women listeners right now being like, Lucille, come on. What's going on? What do you mean? Make an appointment to talk with your husband about, you know, something that's yeah. really important to you? Well, the, yeah. You know what? I, I get that. But I also know after it's, it's coming up on 35 years and that is better than getting a response that's really going to hurt my feelings. Because if he's in a place where he really just can't deal with whatever emotional stuff I got going on or something in our relationship and I want to talk about it, and then he maybe flippantly doesn't really think it through and gives me an answer because he's too tired or he's just not emotionally ready to deal with it, and then I'm hurt. Well, that's not going to help anybody. Like that now I'm, I feel worse. And so I'd rather wait until he's ready to discuss it. And I mean, sometimes it's as simple as stuff like a vacation we're planning on taking. He's like, I just really can't think about this right now. I've got some pressing things at work and we're, you know, we're just not going to talk about this yet. And I say, okay, when, when can we talk about it? And as long as I have a time and a date, then I can wait. And, you know, we have some rules ourselves. And when we, we call this tabling in our relationship and when we table something, I'm not allowed to resent him or make him pay for the tabling. Like I'm not allowed to be upset with him until we finally do talk about it. Like everything's good. Okay, great. I got my time. We'll talk about it then. And what I choose to do in that process is just pray about it up until then, because sometimes I just pray about it. And then we sit down and discuss something and now God's worked on him and I don't have to say anything. And he'll just come right out with, you know what? 
I see it from your perspective and I prayed about it and I think this and I'm like, oh, well, that's what I wanted. So I guess we're done, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so really giving them time is the best thing you can do. Like it just is for your relationship and for your emotional and spiritual health. Now in Christian marriages, when you talk about going away and praying, the thing that just popped in my mind was like family devotion times and, and things like that. Is that something that, uh, that you and your husband practice or what is the practicality of that? in just like a normal marriage. For my husband and I, we've done different things. Sometimes it's been organized like, okay, we're going to study through this book or we're going to study through this passage or, um, you know, like a scheduled time. But really what we have found works better is just, just God conversations throughout the day. Right. You know, I've, I'll have read something that day or he will, and we'll just say, Hey, you know, I was reading in, you know, Mark chapter three and I noticed this and what do you think? And we'll just have discussions about it. And, or we'll just tell each other what God has been putting on our hearts. And like just recently, my husband did a, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, day of solitude, day of solitude. Okay. And so he took, he, he went camping by himself and he took a couple of days of solitude and, you know, I'm like, well, can I come? He's like, no. He's like, you'll distract me. I need, it just needs to be me and God. I'm like, okay, okay. Well, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go visit our, our kids in Texas. I'm, I'm going to leave then. He goes, okay, fine, go. And so <laughs> I went and visited my, my son and daughter-in-law and grandson in Texas while he was camping. And, um, but it was a great time. And when we, when we got back together after that, he just told me about all that God had had taught him in those few days. And we had a lot of really great discussions. And so that was, you know, that was great. So so basically to answer your question, like I I like to think that our life is we we have devotional time in and out throughout the day, throughout the week. And right. we'll pray together and like one of the most awesome things my husband does is if he senses that I'm just really just having a hard time with something, he'll just go, honey, come here. I'm sorry, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> okay. um, and he'll just say, come here. And he'll say, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. Come here. And he'll just wrap his arms around me and he'll just pray. And when I hear him going to the Lord on my behalf and just praying for me, it just, it just does something for me. It's like, I, I'm ready. You know, when he's, when he says the amen and I say the amen, I'm just ready to go out and, you know, conquer whatever, you know, giants are coming at me. And that is just so, so powerful when he does that. And I appreciate That's that. That's really beautiful. I hope that like the men listening, take a, take a note there. And, uh, I mean, that's just beautiful. There are times in marriages though, when it's hard to talk, your spouse and it just feels it just feels like you're you're just very tired and you're not having those intimate conversations about what God is doing in your life or really about what's going on in your life because of work because of kids because of life how do you overcome that I think in a marriage you always have to have time carved out for each other no matter what season you're in and it can look different for each couple, but, you know, they say the importance of date nights, and it is very important to have date nights. But in the same, in the same manner, it just carved out time for each other. Like in a week, if you haven't had any time with your spouse, there's something wrong, I think. 
And no yeah. matter what season, you just have to make that time for each other because you just, you just do. And, and that's how you keep the relationship fresh and interesting and where everyone is getting what they need in the relationship. Because if you're not giving each other time, then why are you even together in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. You're just roommates. Exactly. And, and I've, I've had women approach me where that's what their marriage looks like. And they'll even say that. I feel like we're just roommates. And I think it just takes one in the, in the couple to say, okay, this has got to change. And I'm going to now be available for you. And I'm going to make time for you. And, you know, ideally both, both in the marriage doing it is, is the absolute best scenario. But I think couples need to always make time for each other, whatever season they're in. Is there a person who takes responsibility for that? Well, you know, you'd like to say that the men do that. But truthfully, we women, I mean, I don't mean to stereotype people, but in general, it's the women that know how to have relationships. I mean, from the time kids are little, it's the little girls that are sitting next to each other, holding hands and talking and giggling. And, you know, while the little boys are running around shooting each other and wrestling and, but it's the women who are communicating about feelings and interactions. And I think that it's usually the wife in a marriage relationship that has a pulse on where, where you're at, you know, and we women know if there's something wrong in our marriage, we're usually the first ones to notice it. And a lot of times a guy will go along and he doesn't even know something's wrong. Like he just, everything's fine. And the wife's like, we have a problem. And he'll be, what we do. Yeah. When did this happen? Yeah. Well, where was I? You know, they (laughs) just don't work. What do you mean? We have a problem. (laughs) Exactly. So it's really not on anyone in particular, but I would say it's usually the women who notice when something's wrong. Cause I know even in my relationship, my husband will say, are we okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're totally, we're great. And he'll be like, well, did I do something? Are you mad at me? I'm like, no, no, I'm not mad at you at all. And I tend to be more talkative, as you can kind of tell probably from this. And so if I get a little quiet or contemplative and in my head, you know, what I know I'm going to get from him, uh, honey, are, are you mad at me? Did I do something? And yeah. it's funny that he doesn't know. But, but really, you know, for the ladies who are listening, they really don't know. Like so often the ladies are like, we really don't know. yeah, it's like, <laughs> we really well, you don't. should know. You know what you did. You should know I'm upset, you know, or whatever. Yeah. They really don't. They really, really don't know. And so often it's it's my husband saying, are we OK? I'm like, yeah, honey, we're great. We're great. It's OK. Good, good, good. I didn't do anything to hurt your feelings today, did I? No, no, we're great. We're great. Okay, good. And and then, you know, we just move on with our day. Yeah, but I appreciate really, that he checks in with me like that. That's really great. And there are things that women are just better at than men. As a man, I don't feel bad being coached emotionally. You yeah. know, I don't I don't feel bad. Um, actually, I appreciate it because I, I don't like walking around having to, to guess where it is that I'm failing because my heart, my desire really is to, to please, you know, to please the, the other person in the relationship. That's really, mm-hmm. but I don't always know how to do that. I think that that's something maybe that, that, that Christian women are a little bit afraid to do or really hopeful that their husbands are just going to do because of the whole, he's supposed to lead me thing. And so- right. They're kind of in a situation where they feel like they just have to sit around and wait on him. 
Well, the whole lead me thing, that's another one of my hot buttons. When a wife comes to me and she'll say, my husband's just not a leader. He's just not a spiritual leader. And I usually respond with, well, the definition of a leader is that someone is following them. So Hmm. oftentimes it's not that he's not a leader. It's just that we're not following or they're not doing what we want. Like a lot of times we as women will say, well, as long as you do what I want, then I'll go along with it and I'll follow you. But that's not the that's not the way it works. Like I've learned in my relationship, you I mean, I just I know this is going to sound weird and funny, but I just happen to be married to a man who's just right a lot. Like I want to say like all the time. It feels like all the time. So if yeah. something's going on and All he's, women are. No, <laughs> no, but he just he's just he just really is. Like at the end of the day, he's the one that was right. And yeah. and I think that I've learned to just say, okay, like if I I'm not gonna agree with him hundred percent. There's no way it's impossible. If you're breathing, you're not gonna agree all the time. It's just the way it is. So I've learned that even when I really, really don't agree with him on something at the time, I'll say, okay. And I'll just back off and I'll let it play out and I'll just, you know, trust that, you know, my husband knows what he's doing. And usually in the end, it's like he's right. And I and I learn I I make a note of those times and go, okay, remember how you felt about this? You really thought that you had it on this one. And now look it. It turns out that he knew exactly what he was doing. and He was 100 percent right. So I take notice of those times couple of things that I want to make sure that we hit on that I I think that are just very wise and very profound. Chapter six, your feelings lie. Mm, mm -hmm. So good, right? Oh, yeah. When you say your feelings lie and how that affects intimacy in your marriage a little bit. Absolutely. When, yeah, yeah, I believe that our feelings lie to us all the time. And I think in a marriage relationship, you're with somebody who you love more than anyone else in the world. At least that's the ideal situation, right? I mean, if husband is coming in at, you know, number four on your priority list, I mean, there's a problem, but generally like they're number one, like they're out, you know, after God, they're number one. So with that, with that, I mean, it's a capacity to love someone that you just never loved somebody like that before. And, but with that comes the ability to be hurt as well. So when we get married, not only do we have this overwhelming passion and love for someone, but now we also get feelings of hurt and pain that we have never experienced before to that magnitude. Because when you love that much, the, it, it can hurt just as equally as you, know, you feel that love. Right. And so if, you're, if something were to happen and they tap into something that's painful for you, and you're feeling really hurt, then suddenly a bunch of lies start flying through your head. Like, you know, he doesn't love me. And he was late today because his friend is more important than me. And, and I, you know, he's not doing this for me because he doesn't love me as much as so-and-so's husband loves her. And all of those things are just lies. And it starts with hurt feelings that allow our mind to create lies that are not true. Wow. And it's just, once that's in there, it's just confirmation bias, right? Once you have convinced yourself or you've bought into a lie, oh, well, she doesn't love me then, or she's, you know, whatever, then all of those, everything that you see after that point is just reestablishing the fact that what you believe about the situation is absolutely 100% true. 
Exactly. And that's what happens. But we need to turn that around. And when our feelings are strong, we need to start saying, okay, he loves me. She loves me. He wants what's best best for me. She respects me and view everything through that. So if I'm looking at something and I'm going, oh, he just doesn't love me today. Like it just, he just doesn't. I need to go. No, no, I'm viewing this wrong. I know he loves me. So whatever's going on over there, I'm not looking at it clearly because everything needs to be viewed through the lens of he chose me. He loves me and he wants what's best for me. So you have to really just remind yourself what it is you love about them. This reminds me of a story. My husband years ago used to play softball and for, he would come in at the end of his games. Usually I would go, I was the scorekeeper for his game. So I would go with him, but he would come in at the end of the night and he would, you know, play his heart out and he'd come home and he would dump his bag in my kitchen and then he'd go to bed. And the next morning, of course, he had to get to work. And so I'd get up in the morning and what, what do I see? His softball bag in the middle of my kitchen. And that used to cause like, oh, why did he leave that there? This thing is so stinking <laughs> heavy. And now I got to take it out in the garage or look at it all day. And I would just, I would just feel so frustrated. And so finally, I said, no, I need to turn this around. And so when I saw the bag, I said, I just started thanking God. Thank you, God, for a man who's healthy enough that can, he could play softball. And I would drag that bag all the way to the garage, and I would just tell myself what I loved about him and how wonderful he was, and I would pray for him. And then after a while, when I saw the bag, instead of going, why did he leave the bag here, I would have you know happy feelings about it. Wow. And, and he never, he didn't know this was going on. He wasn't leaving the bag there to bug me or to start my day off bad. He just wasn't thinking about it. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, and I think we need to do that with any of those annoyances that are going on. I mean, that's just mind blowing. There's so much great stuff in this book. I, I, I'm just blown away. And I love that you're not pulling any punches here. There's, you know, you're talking about sexual intimacy and, and ways to keep things steamy in the bedroom, date nights and having fun and, and all sorts of great things about um, money and, and all of that stuff. And it's just, you have just written such a wonderful book. Well, thank you. Thank you. So I'm so glad that, uh, that you did that. Are you going to, do you know, um, are you, do you have a website set up? Are you going to have a website? I do. I do. I have a lucez.com. It's my website and my blog. Okay. And I, I'm a blogger. And again, it's lucez.com. Good. And we'll put that, we'll make sure and put that in the show notes. And, mm -hmm. uh, and as well as they can get your book on pre-order right now from yes. Amazon. Mm-hmm. And, and Barnes and Noble. And Barnes and Noble. And Target. And, and Target. Christian, and, and ChristianBook.com. And Christian, you're all over the place. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And we'll make sure to have some of those links in the show notes too. So Fantastic. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, you'll get to speak at some conferences and, and things like that. You've just written this wonderful book. So if you're a pastor and you're listening right now, I know that one of the things that, that we're always looking for is great resources for premarital counseling. I would say this is a great resource for premarital counseling, and you should definitely check it out because not only are you going to get the difficult conversations, but you're, there's questions to follow along, and that's really great. Well, thank so, you. Thank you for being on Productive Ministry today. I can't believe that our time is already over. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you very much, Rocky. It was a pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Productive Ministry. I told you it was good. Lots of good stuff in there. I do hope that you and your significant other have serious conversations about this, and I hope that it blesses your marriages. We want you to be successful, and I hope that this helps you. Lucille's book is available now for pre-order at places like Barnes & Noble and Target, of course, Amazon. So go ahead and check that out. Productive Ministry is a production of Rumble Media, LLC, and today's show is produced by Timothy Jenkins. Like us on Facebook.com slash ProductiveMinistry.org. Follow us on Twitter at Productive Ministry. Also get the complete show notes and some links at ProductiveMinistry.org. Thanks for listening. Share with your friends. And as always, we hope you have a productive week.